Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. What is going on? Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, occasionally the Mondays. I always like the Office Space reference. Uh, and let me know if you've seen Office Space. Great flick as you come in. Uh, and change your chat settings down at the bottom uh, right-hand corner there. Change your chat settings in the blue drop-down to everyone. And tell us where you are tuning in from in the chat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and launch this question as you're coming in. Just let us know what's your role. That's all we want to know from you. This is kind of how we tailor the conversation to the folks that are in the room. So we'll ask the right kinds of questions and the stuff that matters to you. Yes. Who hasn't seen Office Space? <laughs> Such a good... If you guys saw, I did the, uh, the the keyboard thing where I beat up the keyboard outside for the win.ai. Uh, that was inspired by Office Space and the way that they do the printer. That was fun. Uh, shout out to... Christina Finseth, I'll give you a proper intro anymore, but how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm just looking at this this poll about who's in the room, and I'm like, man, is everybody going to bounce if I say I'm other and I'm from marketing and I'm talking about cold email? I hope not, because you shouldn't. The thing is, the thing is, is that marketing marketing personas like yourself, often that especially yourself that come from sales backgrounds, have a lot of interesting insights about what makes effective emails in the sales space. So I'm really excited to get into this with you. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at who's in the room. Boom, SDRs and AEs, heavy, heavy presence in the room. Shout out to the leaders. We need more leaders like you to come on in here. Let's talk a little bit about what we are gonna get into today. Shout out to you for joining us on the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I am your host, James C. What Sales Buckley, and I am joined by the Avocado Lady. This woman is incredible, founder and creator of the FIRE Framework. You may have even heard her featured on John Barrow's Make It Happen Mondays. The one and only Christina Finseth is here. Thank you for coming back to the show today. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a great show. We're here to talk about these cold emails, but before we get into it, check out our newest edition of the website. You, we built this so that you guys could see a full vision of what Sell Better is supposed to do for you. Learn from the greats. So scan this QR code, check it out, sellbetter.xyz, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is where you can get all the highlights and the greats stuff that comes from the show every single day. Big thanks to our partners, Vidyard and Zoom Info. They have had our backs for quite some time, and we're very fortunate to work with some of the best tech in the business, Vidyard for video and Zoom Info for the best data and the best data orchestration that you've ever seen. Shout out to you for that. And we are really happy to introduce you to Zest. Get a deal unstuck. Make an impression. Send something that matters with Zest. I'm dropping this link in the chat right now. Keep your eye on this company because they are going places, doing great things to make your deals move faster. Shout out to you, Zest, for joining the family. We appreciate you. Uh, all right, so this is the deal. This is what you're going to get today. We're going to break down real emails that were submitted by you, our audience, and we're going to talk about strategies and how you can improve your email writing and the email tactics that you need to have to get noticed. It's very difficult to get noticed in the modern world, so we're going to tell you how to do it. No shock, we're looking at a lot of SDRs, and I was surprised at the amount of AEs that were in the room, uh, but what do you think the biggest email mistake that SDRs make today is when it comes to getting attention, Christina? Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. So, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of spray and pray. So I think just like the whole mass emailing without really digging into differentiating between yeah. prospects is probably still one of my biggest pet peeves. And I get it. We got to do some volume play, but there's also a quality play that needs to happen. 
Yeah, definitely massive. Uh, Quantity over quality, I think, went the way of the wind when everyone started to lean very heavily on volume. And I always said that this was like a generational gap, right? Because the older generation, volume was the answer. We weren't as connected as we were just 10, 15 years ago. So now we're hearing more and more, and the quantity game is really taking a big step forward, while the quality is kind of taking a back seat. And it's kind of like, I'm going to write this message for the next 150 people that I prospect, and I'm going to hope that at least X percent get back to me, right? Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Um, I have to shout out some lavender stats real fast because, you know, just no brainer. I'm an advisor there. Uh, but 96% of outbound is automated. All right. Mm. So out of that 96%, we're all automating shit. Excuse my language, but James said it was okay. Um, 1,200% more replies for personalized emails up from 100% last year just from the Lavender user base. So personalization is important. So I see Laura shouted out no customization. Exactly right. Yeah, customization is key. And we'll talk a little bit more about where to customize and how as we move forward. Let's take a look at our very first example here. Uh, All right, Christina, right out of the gate, I like this because of its brevity. What are your thoughts on the length of the email? Let's start there and then we'll talk about what you changed. Yeah, brevity-wise, big fan. Um, I, I really like it. I think the way that you slice and dice it makes it a little easier for the recipient to read through. So we're just talking length right now. A plus for brevity. Yeah. Anything that stands out to you in this email, something that you want to call attention to that you liked or that maybe you might have worded a little differently. And then we'll take a look at your rewrite. You can break it down for us. Yeah. I mean, I like that it doesn't start off with your typical greetings, right? Like we're still seeing a lot of people say, hey, first name, how are you? Hope you hope you're well. I really wish that would die. Uh, I like the fact that there's a little bit of a pattern interrupt by kind of putting the the recipient's first name a little further into that first line. So that I do like. Um, Obviously, I would change a few things. If you want me to go to that next, um, let's think- talk. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. it. So this is this is your rewrite, and I noticed yeah. that it immediately got a little bit smaller. So tell me what you changed and why. Yeah, I mean the biggest change that I made. First of all, I'm taking what I feel like has good bones and trying to figure out how to make it a little bit stronger. So I mean, you could tell right away in that original email that you were using personalization tokens, right? Because yeah. we saw GTU Inc. Right. And things like sustainability leader and, you know, things that are probably repeated per email. And I think just let's just say you are going to use this as a mass email or doing some sort of automation with it with little to no personalization. Easy things to do is getting rid of that ink um, off of these and just kind of running through your list. So the only thing I did was kind of make this a little bit more brief. Um, And it's, a you know, curious how you're handling sustainable disposal and circular reuse of GTU's unused assets, George, took that same play of putting the first name a little further. We're helping, got to pick a like customer with their sustainability initiatives, specifically with XYZ, worth a conversation. So same exact type of format in a way, but I also got rid of that congratulations piece. There was a sentence in the original like right after the CTA that was like, oh yeah, and congratulations on everything you're doing. Unnecessary fluff. I mean, I think it's great that you're being nice and warm, but 
probably don't need to include it. I like that you labeled it fluff. And when you said like company, I just want to add this quick caveat. It's important that that like company is not just in the same industry, but is the same size, give or take. I know a lot of people that reach out to startups and they'll often say things like, we helped Salesforce become successful. That team of five, 10, 15 people probably doesn't relate to a company the size of Salesforce. So you want to make sure that you use a company that's of the same size so that they feel like they are the same, not some big giant enterprise. That's not very impressive for those little startups. Uh, all right, uh, Christina, I want to talk about additional stats and you always lean on Lavender when it comes to stats. These guys have great email stats. Uh, so what about cold emails would help people hit their targets today? Uh, we talked a little bit about deliverability, for example. Uh, put a one in the chat if you've ever heard this. 30% of all your cold emails go into spam. Put a one in the chat if you've ever heard this. Look at all the ones coming in. <laughs> Christina, talk to me about this. Oh, deliverability. Man, I mean, honestly, the amount of people who uh, don't understand deliverability is really like, it still amazes me. Um, when you think about including hyperlinks in your first emails, that there, probably going to hurt your deliverability. But did you know that if you are sending the exact same message to, let's just say you send it to a thousand prospects over time, your deliverability is going to go down until you refresh that copy. Um, so, I mean, those are things that people just don't know. So I tell people every quarter you need to refresh that copy um, and be taking a look at how you can do that. So if you're not doing a whole lot of personalization and you're relying on things like team templates, make sure you're revisiting those because deliverability will hurt. That's a big deal right there. And you mentioned customizing a portion of these emails. So I'm going to go ahead and launch this now and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Please take part in this. I was guilty of this. I did this for many, many years. I would have this great template and then I would customize the same part of the template over and over again. And I thought, that I was being effective in my customizations. And there were some some little nuances to that that I wasn't aware of when I was early on in my sales career. Uh, I wanna remind you guys, throw questions about your own emails, stuff that you wanna ask Christina in the Q&A, because we're gonna leave time and I wanna answer as many of your questions as I can. Christina, let's get in to email two real quick. Hang on a second, let me get to the right screen. There we go, bam. All right, this one was submitted. Again, I want to shout out the brevity, but it's got some different stuff going on with it. So what do you got for us on this original one here? And then we'll look at your rewrite. Yeah, I think my biggest pro was was brevity. Um, I can tell you by looking at that first line, I was like, okay, this is like a buy for now email or what people like to call a breakup email, which I don't like. When I say buy for now, it means we're going to reach out again probably later on when we try to bring back, right? Um, and I'm seeing a lot of we language. So I automatically was like, all right, this was written by a marketer that doesn't understand sales potentially too. Like, hey, we get it. Well, what do you mean? You're reaching out to me one to one. I get it. Not we get it. Right. So just those are my initial thoughts. But brevity, again, A plus hyperlink. I probably wouldn't put that as like a primary like call to action or closer. Maybe a PS, you know, just to soften it up. But yeah, those were my initial thoughts. It doesn't give me an individual like one-to-one -one vibe. I've, I've heard conflicting things about the way people leverage PSs. And on one side of the fence, they're like PSs with the only ask in the email is great. 
But some people have a tendency to have one ask in the body of the email and then their PS, they hit them with another ask. And that's too much asking. You get one. You get one ask in a sales email, yo. Uh, let's take a look at some of these results right here. And we'll talk a little bit more about this personalization. Uh, bam, look at that. Yes, I personalize templates. Hey, shout out to you 11 percenters that are writing everything from scratch. Uh, I've, I've done this for a period of time and it does change things up. Uh, I like to mix it up. Any surprises for you on this? No, I, I think the 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 mixing it up is probably what most people are doing and should be doing, honestly. Uh, but we can get to that at another another point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not surprised. I want to see more people writing some things from scratch. But I think that's really like your tier ones, right? So yeah, I think there's. I enjoy I enjoy the writing part of it. Um, and let's let's take a and I we had a question about emojis, so we'll get to that question. But let's take a look at your rewrite of email two here. Tell me why you made the changes that you made. Yeah, well, I mean, I clearly thought that 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 submitted email was kind of like a buy for now or like a last ditch resort. And so I kind of went with my standard buy for now email, which a lot of times is hooked to the meeting um, or at least gotten a response so that I have context on when and how to reach out again in the future. But basically, I took this as more of like a self-deprecating, like I've got it wrong, not so much like oh, we get it. You're busy. No, you know, I've reached out a few times, right? With no response. And I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that my timing is awful. Like I'm off. And then I like to do like a funny gift, whatever you want to do, where it kind of gets that emotion across. And then I give them like, hey, if I've got it all wrong and creating a more efficient meeting process is important to you, feel free to ping me back. Otherwise, I'll stop my outreach for now. And then that PS could maybe drive them to a secondary link, you know, that yeah. link that you were trying to share. Like, hey, you want to just take a look at what we're doing? Like, here's here's some info, right? I like the for now. For now, for me, is the the signal that's like, I'll be back, right? Very Terminator. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, and people will read because they see that language, they may feel like, all right, well, let me put let me put Christina out of her misery and tell her like why. I haven't been responsive, right? And that does happen where people are like, all right, she's going to reach out to me again in like a couple months or a month yeah. if I don't hear back. So, yeah. Let me ask you this. How do we teach? I noticed that like, you know, you're, you're, you're becoming a better writer as you move forward, right? You're finding creative ways to capture attention. Is it necessary in your opinion to become, to have to be a great writer to be effective in your email strategies? See, this is like a big battle. Some people are going to say, yes, you should take copywriting classes and make sure you understand how to write things very professionally. Um, yeah, but uh, I know people who do things that are really like, quote unquote, sus. I'm going to use that adjective because someone put it yeah. in chat, where, you know, they're intentionally spelling something wrong or like intentionally not capitalizing, you know, at the beginning of sentences or using punctuation in the right way. And I say, do what's going to work for your audience. Like you should know, if anything, you should be an audience expert, right? Like right, well, right. get through to your audience, right? Um, so to me, that's, that's really where I'm at. Got to be like collecting that data. We had a question about your rewrite here and I just have to ask the question because I think it's such a great question and somebody did bump it up. Uh, what would your subject line be for this rewrite right here? Something creative or same subject line as before? I'm going to tell you all, I have tested extensively. I'm a big tester. So if anyone wants to talk testing, let's do it. Um, at the end of the day, you should test everything before you make a, a, a judgment call. But 
Um, for me, I am a reply and thread girl, like through and through. Um, because otherwise, like, here's the thing. Let me just give you my philosophy real fast. I'll give it real, real fast. If I send one email, so I send my first email, right? And then I see people who do like separate emails all the way through, or maybe they do one reply and thread and then they do a new subject line for the third email. Regardless of how you do that, what if the third email is what got my attention and now I have no context that would have been helpful that you might have included in your first two emails, but that's what got me? I keep everything in thread, period. Yeah, I tend to thread it as well. Uh, it's an interesting feed. I think there's probably some debate. We have so many good questions right here. So I, I want to chug along because there's quite a bit to cover in the Q&A. So make sure you get your Q&A questions in because I'm going to hit a lot of those here in a second. Uh, all right, right out of the gate, I'm going to ask the audience's opinion. Put a two in the chat if this is entirely too long for a prospecting email in your brain. Let me get a two in the chat if you feel the way we feel. This is entirely too long. Christina. I know that you would change the level of brevity here. That is a given. But tell me something good about this email. You've wrote your whole cadence in one email. I guess that's something. Ah. Um, I literally, I'm looking at my notes because I literally looked at this this morning and I was like, oof, was like the yeah. only comment I made. Um, and it yeah. doesn't mean to be me. Listen, some people are trained and this is what they're told to do, right? Um, it's, but true. They, it's true. It's true thing is, is like there's so much content in here. I immediately wanted to run away from it. But at this, you know, thinking of this like operationally, you essentially could have a whole cadence here if you just kind of broke this down. But what I found sales reps to do, and it's it's no fault of yours. I'm just telling you to the audience, but is we feel like we want to get as much out there in that first message so that they have everything they need to know. And then you shoot yourself short because then all of your follow-ups are circling back. Hey, I'm just following up. Hey, did you see my Check email? And it's like, because you have nothing else to say. So that's kind of where I'm at with this one. But yeah, it was this is cool. the second email. The second email in this cadence starts with, did you get my first email? <laughs> did you exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And all right. I'm going to, I'm going to move to the next one so you can explain the rewrite. First of all, holy cow. What a difference right here. How'd you do this so quickly? Yeah. So this is an approach that I like to take a lot um, and it gets a lot of responses. So my thing is, is like, let's just say you are that rep, right? And you feel like you need to put everything into this email. Let's take a different approach and let's paint yourself as the subject matter expert of your domain, right? And so what I like to do is I like to say, hey, I'm chatting with other people like you. And here are the two prob main problems that they're surfacing to me in conversation. Yeah. One, they have too many inefficient meetings that could have been emails. Uh, we've all been there. Two, a lack of heads down time across teams, which means we have less creativity and innovation happening in the organization. And then we go into we're helping other teams like X and X build a culture of asynchronous collaboration and cut down on unproductive meetings in the process. Curious if you struggle with the same open to a quick chat. I literally took that first email and distilled it down into a problem solution type of format yeah. um, and painted myself as a subject subject matter expert. And, and now I have all of that other content that I can use for follow-ups, right? Like, I can't help but point to your CTAs and how they were in both two of the examples that you gave. One of them was worth a conversation, right? And I even like imagined it at that upward inflection, like, is this on your radar, right? And then the other one, 
which was the one just a moment ago where you said open to a quick chat. I like this because what you're asking for is a conversation, not time, not necessarily interest, but a conversation. And I think that stands out as something different. Uh, okay. You want to answer some good questions? We got a lot of good questions asked for this one. So I'm amped because I like it when people ask questions. Uh, the first one from Andrew, what about subject lines? And this is about like what subject lines you've found to be impactful. He wants to know, is there something about the best subject lines in your world that you can point to? Yeah. Um, this one is probably the most subjective piece of the email. So I just want to say yeah. that um, in looking at data with Lavender and my buddies over there, like there are, depending on the industry and who you're selling into, some people are are okay and getting huge open rates on long ass subject lines. And some people are getting better open rates on first name personalization or company personalization in subject lines. It's super, super subjective. So I just want to say like, please test away. For me, what's worked for me in selling into, you know, more of like the HR and recruitment professionals and leaders world um, is uh, obviously short and sweet. So like we're talking three or four uh, words at a, at most. I like to use first line or first name personalization. I also just really like the whole like your company plus my company name. You know, a lot of times that works as well. Open yeah. rates are a vanity metric, and I only look at open rates if none of the other metrics are happening as like a last piece of like okay, well maybe it is our subject line. I don't know. Yeah. Don't give it to yeah, I, I, the, the caveat that I'll give you, Andrew, is three words or less. That's what works for me. I try to stay, I try to stay three words or less. If I can be specific, which is one word, I will be. Um, and that's usually pretty effective for me. Um, here's another question Andrew asks is, what tips for fast personalization can you offer if there's not a whole lot to go on on their LinkedIn profiles or the recent company news? Ooh, I love this because that I usually have like an order of prioritization when I'm doing research on a prospect. And I just yeah. want to say um, your ability to uncover areas of personalization opportunity, mm. it gets faster the more you flex that muscle. And so I just want to say in the beginning, it may take you a while, right, to kind of plug around in the different places, but you'll find that mix. And before you know it, you're looking at four or five different places and boom, that email's off, right? So yeah. I just want to caveat that. But for me, I yeah, I go to the LinkedIn profile first. I go to the LinkedIn company profile secondarily. I look at what they're liking. I look at what they're commenting on. Um, you can take anything and spin it, right? It's just about finding something. Maybe they're not super active on LinkedIn. I'm Googling the company. I'm looking at their company website. At the very end, I'm using that subject matter uh, expertise approach where it's basically personalizing, but based on the experiences and conversations you've had with people like them, and you can kind of do your due diligence there. But yeah, I, I say don't spin your wheels too much. Have a fallback that's not as personalized. If yeah. you go through those and can't find what you need to find. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say you can almost always find an executive from the company that's been on a podcast or a show of some kind, and you can use that information to gain your uh, your traction there. Uh, what would you say, this is from Laura, are emojis good or bad in your emails, cold emails? Emojis, good, bad, indifferent? Depends on your audience. Again, you know, you've got to think back to becoming an audience expert, not necessarily an outreach expert. If you know your audience, then your outreach is going to, it's going to unfold, right? And so for yeah. me, know your audience. If you're reaching out to C-suite CFOs, I, I mean, like, I don't know. 
it depends on the industry. But I also like to think that everyone has a funny bone. And so you got to try it, right? And so there's times where I've used gifts and I book a, you know, quite a few meetings off of an email with a gift and I get maybe one or two responses that are negative. Yeah. Is it worth still, is the ROI still there, right? You've got to weigh, weigh it on the data. So um, yeah, I think, I think it depends on the, on the weekly goal too, right? If I'm getting, <laughs> if I'm sending 10 emails with gifts and getting one win every day out of those 10, I don't really care what those two that come back to me nasty a bit. Yeah. I'm winning right there. I'm getting a meeting every day with this, with this 10 gifts that I'm sending out, right? Yep, exactly. I like it. I like it. Uh, this one comes from Carly. What about PDFs, attachments, and cold emails? Are these good or are they similar to sending hyperlinks that no one asked for? It's actually worse than sending hyperlinks, if I could be honest. Okay. Uh, first of all, depending on what companies you're reaching out to, that could not even get through their firewall. Like You're immediately going to land in spam. Um, I personally am not going to open an attachment uh, if I get an email with an attachment. I think at the end of the day, like if one of the things that you're trying to push for is giving them that PDF, you've got to get a response that says, yeah, send me that PDF. You know what I mean? And then it's all right, cool. That's a supplemental uh, piece of material that you can attach once you've been given permission to or a conversation's been started. But no, never, never, uh, never lead with that. Yeah, I, I would agree. Attachments and hyperlinks both hold yep. emails. Probably not your best bet. They need to respond, show some level of interest, then the drawbridge will come down and you've earned the right to send things systematically. This is more systematic than it is anything else. If you're sending cold emails with attachments and hyperlinks that nobody asked for, great chance you're landing in a spam or a junk folder somewhere. So keep that in mind. This one comes from Selena, who asked about the hyperlinks as well. I just got, got done with that one. Uh, how do you find good balance between providing valuable content or you know, providing your value proposition, et cetera, and the brevity that we all tend to like so much in cold emails. Talk to me about the balance between these two things, Christina. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think if you're going to be sharing content, um, third-party content that's reputable over your own company's content. And I hate yeah. if anyone from Greenhouse is listening, I'm sorry because we do have strong content, right? But if you're reaching out to people cold, um, using content that are coming from publications or avenues that they're familiar with uh, that feeds into your value prop is going to be a better way to go. And I think, honestly, I use content as a follow-up email. And so let me give you just a quick example and we'll move on. Um, but I'll say something like, hey, James, you know, um, uh, reaching back out, thought I'd share this article from Sell Better, right, about how to get better conversions from your cold email. Thought you might like it thought it might be worthwhile to give it a read. Uh, by the way, you still open to that explore, you know, exploring a chat, right? Or having a chat. Um, I'll use it often as a follow-up. Uh, and it's usually like two sentences, if that. So I think you can still be short and brief. You don't need to spell out everything that's in that content. Yes, short and brief while still including what you do, right? They, yeah. I'd like them to know what I do when they read an email, but that doesn't mean I have to explain every aspect of it, right? Yeah. We help people like you do X pretty much covers it, or at least it should. So that's a good point on brevity there, and I appreciate the question. Last question here comes from Carrie Spencer. What about video messaging in cold emails? Do you support this? Do you think they should wait until they get the right to send a video? What's your, what's your take on that? 
No, I think you got to mix things up. Um, at the end of the day, I uh, email's my soft spot and my area of expertise, but I'm constantly talking to people about having a triple threat approach to the way that they do outbound. So yeah. all your prospects aren't living just in email. Some of them might be more responsive on LinkedIn. Some of them might be more responsive to uh, cold calling. You've got to kind of have that mix and figure out what, again, what your audience wants, right? Yeah. And so for me, Video is fine. Include a video in your email, but I wouldn't do it in the first one. Maybe as a follow-up, right? To add some human to it. Yeah, definitely. Something I hear often. Put a yes or no in the chat if this was useful for you. Christina, while they are telling us how useful this was for them, uh, how can people reach out to you? How can they connect? Where would they go? Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I love talking cold email. I love talking about uh outbound so if you're struggling or you want to chat through something let me know um yeah linkedin amazing i'm gonna go ahead and drop another link in the chat for you for those of you that are still in the room you're getting exclusive peek into tomorrow's show all about sdr managers if you sell to business development managers i'm putting a link in the chat for you right now you need to be in this room because we're going to talk specifically about how to reach out to that persona Go get the link that I just dropped in the chat if that is your persona, because the individuals coming in and speaking about that are going to light up your world. Christina, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with our audience. We really appreciate you. You're all going to get a survey after this. Let us know how we did, what we can do to improve, and what you want to see more of. Go ahead and connect with us on social. We have never met strangers, just salespeople that we can help. Pure, simple, easy. Thank you for spending your afternoon with us and learning from our expert today. And we will see you tomorrow as we tell you how to reach out and gain the attention of those business development leaders. Have a great day, everybody. Get out there and sell better. We'll see you soon. <laughs>